0: Jesus says, to all those who have, more will be given, and they will have abundance. I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So in the news this week, uh, there was an interesting article about the Louvre's new uh, acquisition. Evidently, they've added a, a national treasure that is worth $26.2 million. And it is actually of Mocked, the, the famous 13th century painting by the Italian artist Cinebue. And the story behind the Louvre's acquisition is fascinating. This piece of art was kept in a woman's house, in the kitchen, and every morning, evidently, she would say her prayers through the icon, reflecting on Jesus who was mocked and tortured. Every time guests visited, she would invite them also to come and stand before that Greek icon. She thought it was a Greek icon. And somehow, it was uncovered that this was an extremely valuable painting. And so, uh, after four years, the Louvre purchased, it, purchased the painting. What fascinated me about this story is the fact that this woman did not know how much uh, financial wealth she had in that painting, but she revered it took care of it, was very faithful in her devotion to praying through that icon because it gave her such meaning. Now, I'll I'll come back to that story in a bit. But if I were to offer a a caption for all the lessons that we read, it would be this. All the lessons that we heard from today revolve around faithfulness, faithfulness. Zephaniah, in the first lesson, uses vivid poetry and apocalyptic language in describing the moral consequences of a nation that has fallen. A nation that, whose financial institutions used usury to extract more and more and more money from the poor, from widows, A nation that sold its soul for the gods of prosperity, even to the extent of offering humans as sacrifices, offering children as sacrifices. A nation that is so entrenched in moral depravity. Zephaniah talks about the moral consequences of all of that. But Zephaniah does not end there. In his final chapter, he offers the theme, Seek the Lord and Repent. Seek the Lord and Repent, and points to the fact that there will always be a counterculture, a remnant who is always seeking the Lord's help, drawing people back to moral value, to moral consequence, to moral goodness. In fact, if I were to give a title to the first lesson, it will be, there is always a faithful remnant that shares a hope for renewal. That's what Zephaniah is all about. Now, let's turn to the Gospel. The Gospel today conveys that life is fundamentally not fair. Some are given five talents, some have two and there's this poor soul who had one now remember jesus is offering a parable and a parable uses a lot of embellishment to make a point if we were to take a modern day equivalence of what a talent is it is estimated to be between five hundred thousand to one million dollars now, certainly, the, the crowd that Jesus hung out with, the crowd that sort of uh, were uh, captivated by Jesus, did not have the financial means for $500,000 to a million dollars. They just didn't. Jesus uses this embellishment to point to something. Because this parable is more than about financial commitments. Or financial investments it's about the fact that God uses each and every one of us and our gifts and we are called as human beings to employ these gifts faithfully to be the faithful remnant in paying forward the gifts that we have received despite harsh environments despite a harsh master despite an environment that pushes back, we are called to give. We're not called to hide the candle under a bushel. We're not called to dig a hole in the ground and bury our talents. But we are entrusted with these talents to pay it forward, to give. It's a call. For us to examine what we do with the talents, a call about faithfulness, genuineness, and generosity. For these are not gifts that we possess, but gifts that are given to each and every one of us. Now, how many of you sitting here remember the story of Jesus feeding more than 5,000? Remember that story? If you do, raise your hand. Okay, that's only 70% of you. 30% of you <laughs> will go back to Sunday school. Okay? There's, there's the story of Jesus feeding, ah, oh, now it's working. 5,000. More than 5,000. Now, how does he do this? Remember, there was a little, little boy who comes up to Jesus via the disciples. How many loaves of bread did he have? Come on. Five, five, okay. How many fishes? Two. And the miracle is that Jesus is feeding more than 5,000 people. Now how does this happen? Well, it could be that after Jesus broke the bread, bread came down from heaven, like manna came down from heaven, and fish just happened to just flow in from the sea. Or it could be the fact that people saw the little boy giving all that he had to Jesus. The gift that he had. Allowing Jesus to bless that gift. And people became so inspired upon seeing that gift, what did they do? They started to look into their pockets. Look into their bags. And guess what? They each had something to offer the pot. And lo and behold, what happens after this miracle? Following the feeding of the more than 5,000 folks, there are 13 baskets of leftover. God provides the abundance if we are willing to offer the gift that God has given each and every one of us. That's the story of the lesson. That's, that's the fundamental story of the gospel. Now we come to the first, the, the the epistle by Paul to the First Thessalonians. The letter that we read is Paul's prayer and hope for the church. Paul is encouraging the church to continue being sober. Put on the breastplate of faith and love and the helmet of salvation. For God does not destine any one of us for wrath, but for salvation in the ultimate gift received by Jesus on the hardwood of the cross. And the implication for receiving that gift is to be faithful in encouraging one another, building up each other, continuing to do all of this despite a world that pushes against that sort of notion pushes against self-giving, of love, of peace, of gentleness. Paul is reminding each and every one of them to continue to ground themselves in the teaching of Christ. Fundamentally, be faithful in relationships. Be faithful to God. Live as the faithful remnant and share your gift. That's the lesson of 1 Thessalonians. Now, beloved, as the rector of this beautiful church, I am mindful that some of you sitting here have the ability to collect original paintings by Chinabue, da Vinci, Rembrandt, Van Gogh, or my favorite, a Kandinsky. That's all well and good. Perhaps those things give you a sense of worth and value. But today, allow me to tell you a story of an artist whose works you probably do not know about, but has more value to me than an original Kandinsky. The artist is my former parishioner, Michael. You see, every day, Michael is faithful to his craft. He travels with help to his studio every day draws inspiration from Sesame Street. Every Sunday, without fail, he is at church. There at church, he is faithful. He's on the rota as an usher. He receives communion every Sunday. He's a faithful pledger and a giver. And during the annual Board's Head Festival at my old church, Christ Church Cathedral in Cincinnati, he is part of the caste. But as we heard from the Gospel today, the world is not a fair place. Michael has cerebral palsy. And in the eyes of the world, he is not a Picasso. Art historians, and certainly not the Louvre, nor art economists, will not value his work. But he is faithful and hopeful, faithful in prayer. Faithful in giving his smile and his talent. Faithful in not burying his gift, but sharing his gift by spreading joy. Now, if you want to see a piece of Michael's work, turn with me to the bulletin. Look at the last announcement. My buddy Michael, that's, uh, you know, that's this guy, that's, that's me. And that's a depiction that he gave me. Brothers and sisters, the reality is that there is a paradigm that operates in this world. The Greeks, the Romans, the Nazis, the eugenics folks, many in this world would challenge Michael's giftedness. But it is the church the church that is rooted in the love of Jesus that sees the divine gift and talent of who michael is and recognizes his faithfulness it is the church that continues to be faithful and whose faithful remnant is represented by people like michael who challenge the power structures of this world that says worth is based on beauty worth is based on wealth ba- wealth worth is based on power worth is about how much you can do how much physical mental social economic and cultural capital you have michael and the church stands against that sort of notion and counters with the ultimate truth with the truth that god has given us all a gift they are different and they're not ours to possess but ours to share it's not about how successful in the eyes of the world you are but it's about how faithful we are how faithful we are so today I invite you to examine perhaps after you eat turkey and fall fall asleep because of the chemicals in the turkey maybe you can examine what is your gift Where do you find a struggle to identify your talent? All of us sitting here have at least one. It could be the gift of talking, the gift of a smile, the gift of of warmth. All of you have a gift. The gift of my friend Michael is the gift of love, the gift of hope. The gift of showing up. The gift of making people smile. The gift of perseverance. What about you? Now, my beloved, the question after that is what do you do? Are you going to bury your treasure? Or will you offer that to God, to each other, to community? so that we can build this world as God dreams.